The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Williams. This is Hoop Ball Grizz. We are here after the Memphis Grizzlies come up short against the Portland Trail Blazers. Final score, 116-96. to And I said we, this is actually the first time in a long time that you get me rolling solo. Isaac is not available to be here with me tonight. So it's just me. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Throughout the course of an 82-game season, you're going to get good, bad, and ugly. And tonight we had a lot of bad and a whole lot of ugly. The Grizzlies, you know, they lose this game by 20 points. And it's you can look at the box score and you can just tell what happened. The, the Blazers just imposed their will. They forced... A ton of turnovers, 21 turnovers by the Grizzlies. Ja Morant had 13 turnovers heading into this game for the season. So in the first three games, he had 13 uh, total turnovers, and he had nine tonight. Um, When your best player is playing the way that he played tonight, you're you're not going to win many games. Uh, You know, Ja Morant kind of came back to earth. He had been averaging 35 points a game tonight. He goes 17 points, 10 assists. You know, not a uh, a terrible night. It doesn't look awful statistically, but those nine turnovers are costly. You cannot give up that many points off of turnovers. The Grizzlies gave up 30 points off of turnovers. You can't do that. that that's not going to end well for you when you play that bad. Jaron Jackson Jr. struggled tonight, uh, 3 for 13 from the field. He was in some foul trouble. So, you know, as minutes only 18 minutes, uh, Yusuf Nurkic was just destroying everybody that was in the front court for the Grizzlies. Jaron had foul trouble. Steven Adams only played 18 minutes tonight because of foul trouble. You know, he, I mean, there's no other way to say it. Nurkic was just eating those dudes up. So, you know, if you look at this score, you look at this game, if you watch this game, you know, you realize what happened, and you know that these guys... Just got outplayed. Um, and, and, again, you're going to have games like this. There's going to be times when guys struggle and you just get beat. Damian Lillard had been struggling all season, and he finally was able to put something together in the third quarter. He still didn't have a great night shooting. He was 6 for 22 from the field. He had 20 points. So, you know, 20 points on 22 attempts from Dame Lillard. As a defense, you don't mind that. But he got hot in that third quarter. And that's really what propelled the uh, the Blazers over the Grizzlies. You look at it about a little less than halfway in the third, the Grizzlies had the lead, and then the wheels fell off. Once the Blazers took over the lead in the third quarter, they never looked back. They led for the rest of the third and the entirety of the fourth quarter. I don't know, man. I, I just I don't have a lot to a lot of good to say about this. I've been fairly optimistic through the first few games of the season and not really pointing out a whole lot of bad. But there were a lot of missed assignments tonight. The defense defense is struggling a little bit, and you can contribute some of that to Dylan Brooks being out. Their point of attack defense has not been good. And and it's not because they don't have capable defenders. DeAnthony Melton is more than capable of being a, a point of attack defender. He's just not doing it well. You go back and you watch any of the games so far this season, and the guards for the other teams 
have been able to do whatever they want to do. The Grizzlies guards have been playing defense from behind the guards on the other team. And when a guard get in this league gets you on his back, he's going to manipulate the defense. He's going to get to his, his spots, and he's going to have a pretty good night. And that's generally been the case throughout the season so far. So maybe Dylan getting back fixes that. I saw some stuff tonight that concerned me. You know, the the Grizzlies made the trade, uh, JV for Adams, and and I'm not going to... I'm going to lead with this because I don't want you all to think, and and I don't want the people that hated that trade to be like, oh, well, you're flipping. I'm not flipping. I still like that trade. I like the fact the Grizzlies knew who they wanted. They knew that JV was not a long-term piece for this team. The ceiling with JV on this team was exactly where they were last year. That was the ceiling. They had to make that trade in order to raise the ceiling of this team. Does Steven Adams raise the ceiling of the team? I would say no, he doesn't. There's things that he does better than JV, and there's obviously things offensively that he's not even in the same ballpark. But they made this trade, and we headed into the season with the thoughts that Steven Adams was going to be an upgrade to the pick-and-roll defense. And if you're a stat head and you've looked it up and my eye test is wrong. That's completely possible. I will own it. You can call me out on Twitter. But from the looks of it, the pick and roll defense hasn't improved. JV, it used to drive me crazy. I, I, I've got to give a shout out to Brevin Knight because he really broke down what a center's role is in drive defense for pick and roll. And before we had Brevin on and had that conversation, I had a slight understanding, but there was a lot that I didn't know. So Brevin really, you know, like he, he educated me there, and I was thankful for it, you know. As a student of the game, I, I very, very far from knowing everything about this game, learning something and trying to get better every single day. So thanks to Brevin for, for helping me with that. But it used to drive me crazy watching JV do like just drop and giving away mid-range jumpers. But that's what you want. That's what you want to see. You want your big man dropping back and let them have those mid-range jumpers per se so they don't get easy looks at the rim. Look at what happened tonight. Steven Adams is a little more athletic. He can move his feet quite a bit better than what JV can defensively. So Steven Adams would push up, and Yusuf Nurkic was just rolling off the back of that screen, and they I don't know how many wide-open layups slash dunks Nurkic had tonight, but it was a lot. Larry Nance had quite a few wide-open looks late in the game, and it, it was breakdown on the defensive end. So we were hoping that the pick-and-roll defense would improve with Steven Adams. I still think it does, but it's not there right now. The defense for the Grizzlies is awful. I don't have the numbers up. I'm actually going to bring them up while I'm talking. I've got to look and see where the Grizzlies are ranking-wise defense. I just 
I think it's terrible right now. I would say that they're probably close to the bottom of the league in, in defensive rating. And let's pull it up. I've got it right here. Let me click these advanced stats because it's not going to pull it on that one. But what do you do? What do you do to fix it? How do the Grizzlies fix it? And, and Dylan Brooks coming back is going to be a huge bump for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are actually they're the they're thirtieth in the league right now at one hundred and seventeen point one. I knew it was bad. I knew that they were going to be close to the bottom. I didn't realize that they were at the bottom. So you got to fix that. And Jenkins and the coaching staff knows that. So Dylan, getting Dylan Brooks healthy, getting him back is going to help. It's going to make a difference. You're going to get your best point of attack defender back. But then from there, you've got other adjustments to make. Is it communication from the team? Are the guys out there talking the way that they need to be talking? Jaron Jackson Jr. got out of place quite a few times tonight. Uh, Zaire Williams, I, you know, he, he's been caught sleeping. He's a rookie. I'm not going to bash him too ba- too much on that. He has to learn. Um, if you watched the game and you saw the mic'd up sessions with Ja, there were a couple times when you saw Ja talking to Zaire and telling him, hey, you've got to get there early because if you're that deep, it's too late. So Ja's communicating this stuff with him. There's a learning curve. And I'm kind of bouncing a little bit. I, I've been mostly sticking on defense, but I, I do want to talk on Zaire right here because I see a lot of man, I, distrust, maybe a lot of people that are not liking what they're seeing from Zaire right now. And I've got to remind you that Zaire is essentially straight out of high school. He played very, very little last year at Stanford. Uh, number one, because of COVID and number two, because he had some family stuff going on and he missed some games and so there's going to be a pretty big curve. There's going to be some mistakes that he makes. But make no mistake about it, Zaire Williams reaching his ceiling is imperative for this team to reach their ceiling. You drafted him because of youth, because of size, because of skill set, because of athleticism, because of upside. This is the first time since Kleiman has taken over at GM that the Grizzlies have done that. They have not really taken a swing at upside. They went after kind of safe picks. You know, right? You had number two, one, two, three that year. It was Zion, Ja, RJ Barrett. You knew that's how it was going to be. There were no risks, you know, like taking Ja at number two. We knew on draft night who they were taking. We knew what it was going to be. And then they traded up. They got Brandon Clark. And Brandon Clark was not a high upside guy, but he was a high floor guy. He was a guy that you knew he would be an NBA role player at worst. And that's what he's been. He's been an NBA role player. Had a down year last year, hoping for a bounce back this year. I think we'll see it. He's been a little bit better. He was terrible defensively tonight, but it wasn't just Brandon. It was the entire team. And then he moved to the next draft with Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman. Again, not super high upside swings with those guys. 
you knew that they were going to be solid NBA role players. So here we go into this year, and we're sitting there. The, the Grizzlies are sitting there. They make the trade. They get to 10, and there's guys on the board that we as Grizzlies fans wanted them to take, whether it be Moses Moody or James Boaknight or, or whoever, whoever else was on the board that you wanted them to take, and they took Zaire Williams. And I will 100% own it that I was one of those guys that was not okay with it. I did not want to see it. I thought that, you know, saying that you're taking a swing at upside for him, I didn't think that there was much upside there. But now he's a Grizzly. He's got that uniform on. And if you are a fan of this team, you're rooting for this kid to succeed. Because if this kid doesn't succeed, this team does not succeed. You have to root for this kid. You want to see him get better. He's going to be bad early on. There's going to be mistakes that, you know, there were a couple times Carmelo Anthony in the Lakers game was wide open because Zaire missed his assignment. There were a couple times tonight that people were wide open because Zaire was out of place. He's going to make mistakes. But every single guy on that floor makes mistakes. You, you've got to learn. Not everybody is going to hit the floor running like John ja Morant and, and be that huge impact player year one. I didn't expect that from Zaire. I'm glad that they're giving him rotation minutes early. He needs to learn. The Grizzlies need this kid to reach his ceiling in order for them to reach theirs. And I'll leave it at that. I'm not, I'm not going to go too like I'm not going to bash him a whole lot. Yes, he's making mistakes. Yes, there's things that he could 100% do better. But he's a rookie, and he's a young rookie with not a lot of experience at the college level. So, you know, how much coaching did he get last year with COVID? They didn't get to practice like they should because of the regulations in California. There were a lot of outside factors that impacted Zaire Williams and his season at Stanford. Give the kid some time. Don't roll over on him. Don't quit on him now. He's a grizzly. He's going to be a grizzly. We've got to root for him. We've got to support him. Let's not be like the fans of the Sixers, please. So now let's talk about Jaron and what he done tonight. I talked about his his night from the field, three for 13, one for seven from three. Didn't get to the free throw line tonight. Two rebounds, four assists, five fouls, 18 minutes. And now we got an uh-oh moment. I'm sitting here bragging on Jaron the last game about how he's staying out of foul trouble and he's rebounding the ball. And he didn't do either of those things tonight. Matchups. Matchups, matchups, matchups. Matchups matter. They're going to matter. They matter every single night, night in and night out. Is he going to get better and improve in some places? Yes. I feel like a broken record. I was just talking about the same thing with Zaire. We're way ahead of schedule. The Grizzlies are way ahead of schedule on this rebuild. They're full rebuild. Full rebuild. The, the oldest guy on the team right now now is Steven Adams, and then behind him is Kyle Anderson. Full rebuild for the Grizzlies, and they're competitive. Made playoffs. A lot of that is because John Morant is that guy, and we learned that early on in the season, his rookie year. 
what are your expectations for Jaron Jackson? What do you expect to see from him night in and night out? Are you a guy that is unreasonable, that thinks that you need to see 20 and 10 from him because he got a $100 million contract? Hate to break it to you, 20 and 10's probably not happened this season. I'm not going to say that it's not going to happen his entire career, but I don't know that Jaron Jackson's ever a double-digit rebound guy. I think 20 and 7, 20 and 8 is a lot more feasible with some defensive stats to go with that. And I'm I would be happy with that, but I'm going to be happy even if he's below 20 points a game. I don't I don't expect him to average 20 this year. I want to see growth from him. I want to see him stay on the floor. I want to see less nights like tonight. Seven points, four assists, two rebounds, and five personal fouls in 18 minutes. You know, assists are good. That's not a bad number for him. Four assists from the power forward position is not bad. But two rebounds and five personal fouls only staying on the floor for 18 minutes in a game that, you know, it's early. You can't say they needed to win. They, I mean, they didn't have to win this game. But it would have been nice to get off to that 3-1 and one start because you got back-to-back tomorrow against a team that's going to be motivated to beat you because you eliminated them from the playoffs yet last year. So tough night for Jaron. If you're going to give him crap about a game, tonight is the night that you give him crap because you see him kind of reverting to the things that the holes in his game that we had seen before with the fouls and the lack of rebounding. The rebounding is is just time. 18 minutes on the floor, when he's been playing close to 30, you add another 12 minutes, he's going to get two or three more rebounds and be closer to the seven. You know, like six, seven, what, what he has been doing this year. It all goes back to the fouling. Who else tonight? Desmond Bain seemed like the only guy that showed up to play. Seven for 12 from the field. He knocked down four threes. Had 19 points before he uh, caught the elbow. Made him bleed. He didn't come back in the game. I'm, you know, I hope that's nothing serious. I would imagine they got that patched up and he should be good to go tomorrow night. We'll find out. Um, you know, Coach did not get asked. It was very, very short answers. Uh, he did not want to talk much after tonight's game. And, and that's understandable. A lot of things went wrong for the Grizzlies. A lot of shots didn't fall for the Grizzlies. A lot of things were not executed well. And he just wasn't interested in talking about it. So we're going to move on. Players-wise, we're going to move on to DeAnthony Melton. And here's the thing that I was scared of with DeAnthony Melton. We talked about consistency from him pretty much from the beginning of the season. What what did we want to see from DeAnthony Melton throughout this year? And it's consistency. Are you going to have bad games? Sure. You know, th- th- this was just overall a bad game, a bad team game for the Grizzlies. The only two positive players tonight. I'm sorry. They, like some players in garbage time were positive, but... The only two starters that were positive tonight were Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. So even though he had five fouls and he didn't shoot the ball well, he was still positive when he was on the floor. And then Brandon Clark and Conchar were both positive in their minutes too off the bench. 
But back to DeAnthony Melton and the consistency. Zero from eight from the field. Zero for five from three. Zero for two from the free throw line. He did have seven rebounds, one assist, two steals, and a block. So Mr. Do-Something is not going to put up zeros across the board. But you cannot have him in your starting lineup scoring zero points. You can't do it. I would rather see DeAnthony Melton average 12 points a game the entire year and never score over 20 than to see him have a game like tonight. If we're going to be crucial on guys, if we're going to critique guys and we're going to talk about their shortcomings, we we have got to discuss DeAnthony Melton and these games where he just gets invisible. He, He does other things to where he has an impact on the game. He was negative 19, which plus minus for a single game is good when you're trying to make a point, but it's really a trash stat. It's not really telling of anything because there's so many factors that go into that. But we saw this at times last year, and, and, and Isaac and I had talked about this. We've talked about you know stretches where DeAnthony Melton would shoot less than 20% from three, and you hope that this doesn't start a streak. You hope that this was just a bad night for him, and then he bounces back tomorrow night. But nobody's above criticism. John Morant, 17-10. and 10. Okay, that looks good. You turned the ball over nine times tonight, Ja. Nine times he turned the ball over. Loose passes. Stuff you cannot do uh, against good teams. The the Trailblazers are a good team. And it come back to bite them. Points in the paint. Grizzlies had 30. The Blazers had 44. A lot of that, you know, just the, the lapses in defense. There were a lot of layups. Nurkic and Larry Nance Jr., had a lot of layups tonight from lapses on defense. I scored second chance points. The Blazers had 20. The Grizzlies had 16 fast break points. Blazers had 13. Grizzlies had seven. Anywhere you look at this, anywhere you look at the stats, the Blazers just outplayed. They flat out outplayed the Grizzlies tonight. I really want to talk about these free throws, but if you've listened to this show any any amount of time at all, you know how I feel about free throws. If you haven't, if you're just tuning in and this is your first time listening, it's generally better. We usually get a little bit of back and forth. Isaac is usually here with me, keeping me in line. He is not with me tonight, so you just got to listen to me ramble. You got to deal with it. I'm going to talk about the free throws. Nine for 19, 47% from the free throw line. De'Anthony Melton missed two. John Morant missed one. Kyle Anderson missed one. Brandon Clark and John Conchar both 0 for 2. Santi Aldama missed one. And Jarrett Culver was 1 for 2. Those last two don't even really matter because they were in in garbage time. But you can't shoot the ball that bad from the free throw. You, well, they shot the ball bad, period. But you can't miss 10 free throws in a game and win. I, I would love to have access to rely our uh, Elias sports bureau and see the last time that a team missed 10 free throws and actually won the game. I bet it doesn't happen very frequently, but we're just going to pack this one up. We're, we're going to leave it like it is again. The final score, Portland trailblazers, 116, Memphis Grizzlies, 96. 
it's not even a tough loss. The Grizzlies just flat out got their ass kicked tonight. They didn't come to play. They looked very lackadaisical. The defense did not execute. Uh, way too many open shots at the rim. Does that get fixed? Do they watch films? They make adjustments. Does Dylan Brooks come in? Does the point of attack, the best point of attack defender on the team coming back fix this? Does one player take you from the worst defense in the league to hopefully somewhere near the, near the middle or better? I don't know. I hope so. I sure hope so. Steven Adams, I thought, was going to be a big improvement on the pick and roll, and I'm going to look up the numbers for our next show. We'll be back for a post game tomorrow night. I'm going to look it up and see what the numbers are with uh, with Adams on the floor. And, I mean, obviously, like, the, the defensive rating is terrible right now, so I'm sure that the defensive rating with JV on the floor last year is better than what it is right now with Steven Adams, even though we expected Steven Adams to be an upgrade on defense. That is not me trashing Steven Adams. It's just a rough start to the year. The defense is bad. The Grizzlies at times last year were one of the best defenses in the league, and here we are this year struggling. Just can't get it done. You you can't thir- 30th, 30th in the league at 117.1, and that was before tonight's game. That doesn't include tonight's game, so... It's probably worse than that now. Rough night. Pack it up. Get on the flight. Fly back to San Francisco. You play Golden State. Coming in with a chip on their shoulder wanting to beat you because you knocked them out of the playoffs last year. And you hope you bounce back. I fully expect John Morant to bounce back. 17-10 and 10 doesn't look like a bad stat line. But again, all those turnovers, he's not happy about that. You could tell in the post-game presser that Coach Jenkins was not happy. Jenkins, sorry, struggling with English right now. You're going to have games like this. There's going to be games where not a lot goes right. You've got to learn from those as a young team, build off of those mistakes, and do better the next time. We're going to get out of here. Before we go, got to tell you about our partner here at HootBall, MyBookie.ag, best online sportsbook out there. More lines and better odds than any other sportsbook. They run odds boosts for the start of pretty much every season, and the odds boosts are free money. It's not promo bucks. It's not you, you, you go out there, you bet on these odds boosts, you get the money, you bet 25 Generally, they, they cap it at $25. But you bet 25 you get 25 bucks back. You can pull the 25 that you deposited out, and leave that other 25 in there and play with house money, or you can just be disciplined and only bet the odds boost and make four or $500 a year just betting that. Go over to mybookie.ag right now and set up your account using the promo code HOOPBALL, and they're going to match your initial deposit 50% up to $1,000. Go over there, get signed up, let them know that we sent you. Again, the promo code is HOOPBALL, and get more free money. You're going to get free money from the deposit match. They're going to match it 50% up to 1000 and then go and play the odds boost. We, I'm, I want to say I, I got in late. I missed some of them last year, but I want to say that I won somewhere around $300 just doing the odds boost stuff. I bet on other stuff, but on the odds boost, that that's where I was. I was up 300 bucks. Some websites make you, when you play their odds boost, they, they, that's promo bucks. You have to put that money at risk again 
before you can actually get it out. Not with mybookie.ag. You go in, you bet the odds boost, you win, pull your all, pull all of your money out right then and there. Pull it out, boom, just like that. You got your money. You walk away with fifty bucks. Hooray, yippee! I'm a winner. Everybody likes free money. I like free money. It almost sounds too good to be true. I can promise you that it's not. Again, mybookie.ag, using the promo code HOOPBALL, get you signed up, get you that deposit match, go get in on those odds boost, or go follow the guys over at HOOPBALL Gaming. Don't just do the odds boost. They're killing it over there, and we got guys doing everything, baseball, football, hockey, basketball, golf, parlays, prop bets, whatever you want. Mybookie.ag has it, and the guys over at HOOPBALL Gaming can help you if you want to bet more than just the odds boost. So I appreciate you tuning in. Apologize that it's not as great as it normally is. Isaac makes it better. But I tried hard. If I sucked it up, we'll do better tomorrow night. You can get the show on Twitter at HoopBallGrizz. You can get me at DWheel2111. Isaac is Isaac underscore Rivals. We'll see you tomorrow night after the Grizzlies play the Warriors. And I pray that we're talking about a win or at least a better play game. If they play this bad tomorrow night... I don't even know what I'm going to say on it. It's not going to be pretty. So, thanks for listening. Until next time, go Grizz. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.